field. By the power of sigil. I have the failure. Hair, low, everybody, and uh, welcome back to You Have Failed with me. Same Vader, yeah, it's it's been a while um, since I've, you know, sat in a room and spoken into a mic on my own. Um, <laughs> there have been reasons for that, obviously Sigil was taking a break uh, as a whole, um, but we'll get to that very shortly, uh, because as I'm sure, thank you for still listening, because the reason we're actually doing this special episode right now, I say special once again, I'll elaborate a bit in a second what, what's really going on here and what you can expect from Sigil coming forwards. Um, but uh, You Have Failed is about to reach 4,000 4, lifetime listens. In fact, by this point I'm recording this, it might have already done it. Last time I checked, it was two listens short. Um, so, you know, it might have done it by now, it might not. I don't really know, sort of, what's the goings on. Let me just check this as I'm talking to you. Sorry, my chair's really creaky. I'm getting a new chair tomorrow, which is great. Okay, we're still two listens short. Okay, so probably tomorrow, um, maybe this episode will be the one that does it. Maybe we'll reach 4,000 before the episode goes up. But this is a special thank you episode for, you know, all the continued support, even while the show's taken a bit of a hiatus um, since what, February? I don't remember when it was. Whenever Attack on Titan finishes, sort of when the hiatus started. And it's not because Attack on Titan finished, um, it just so happened to that's when we took a hiatus, but Sigil was sort of on a hiatus a long time before that, and my show was sort of the last one to, to bleed into taking a break. Um, but um, before we get into that, the topic for this uh, this week's episode, because it will be a proper episode of You Have Failed, as well as sort of the announcement thing that I've been mentioning, um, the new Masters of the Universe cartoon anime uh, released on Netflix will be what I'm talking about today, uh, as I'm sure you guessed. Um, from my little He-Man spoof at the start. I thought of that not too long ago and thought that would be a brilliant opener for this episode, you know. By the power of Grayskull, I have the power... And turning it into Sigil and Failure, I was like, <laughs> you're a bloody genius, man. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, He-Man. Anyway, yes, thank you for so much for 4,000 lifetime listens. That is absolutely incredible. I'd, I'd never thought anyone would want to sit here and listen to me stream, rant, and get angry at fictional properties, but apparently you love it, and I love you all for it, so thank you all for the continued support constantly. Um, I really, really do appreciate that, and that's why we're doing this special episode. Before we get into the episode proper, I do have a few announcements. The first being the announcement I do at the start of every episode of You Have Found, which is that the Black Lives Matter campaign is still heavily supported by everyone at Sigil Arts, uh, and we do still recommend you educate yourself to, you know, help people to create a better tomorrow. So you can go to places like www.blacklivesmatter.com, find out ways to support monetarily, non-monetarily, or, you know, use hashtags like Black Lives Matter uh, and hashtags BLM just to keep the conversation going to make sure that people constantly stay educated and learn about these important issues. And from now on as well, we won't just be Black Lives Matter. We uh, support, especially on this show, I can't speak for any of the other shows, but I'm going to try and diversify and bring up a loads of different important causes that I think should have attention drawn to them uh, to hopefully make the world a better place. Because despite being an absolute idiot, I do I do care when it comes down to it, and you know I want a good world for everyone to live in. Uh, so that's the first announcement. The second of the most important announcement. Now, I can't say too much on it, um, but Sigil Arts will be making a return at some point this year, probably in the near future. I can't tell you any dates yet. I can't tell you any of the plans, anything we've been discussing behind the scenes. But everyone at Sigil, especially King's Eyes and uh, well, in general, and Edo. King's Eyes and Edo and Shmurp, to be fair as well, 
uh, are the three people who I think deserve the most credit for this. They've been doing the most work behind the scenes, setting up with new designs, new new everything. They're revamping Sigil. Um, so that's as much as I can tell you is there's going to be a relaunch. We're revamping it. We're all going at it again. We're trying again after this small hiatus. They're the three people who deserve the most credit. But obviously us hosts have been working behind the scenes as well on our shows and everything. Uh, you have failed. Probably won't change all that much, uh, if at all. It's, it's a formula that's proven to work. Um, <laughs> so we don't think this one needs much changing. And finally, we'll probably stay the same as well, if uh, that interests anyone. Um, but yeah, my shows will probably stay relatively unchanged, uh, but they will be coming back with a new look of paint anyway. Um, I'm trying something new today as well with that sort of new setup. I haven't really got a new mic or anything, but I've got like a condenser thing in front of it and I'm seeing how it sounds. So I don't know how this episode is going to sound until I go to edit it uh, before posting it tomorrow. Um, yeah, so it's coming back. Look, and if you want to stay up to date on that, the best thing to do is go to Twitter and follow uh, Sigil Arts Media. It is just at Sigil Arts Media on Twitter. And I believe an announcement or the announcement is going to be made on Friday about the relaunch uh, with all the details and all the new exciting things coming to Sigil that I can't say just yet, but I am very, very excited for. On a personal level, for me, my shows, my content, my brand, um, and for Sigil as a whole, this is very exciting and there's a lot of good things to come. So I'm excited all around, as I say personally, and as a member of the Sigil Arts team. I'm very excited for what uh, is to come for us in the future. But that's the most I can say on it for now. And um, yeah, so this, this episode basically serves as a thank you to you guys and a little precursor to the announcement coming on Friday. And yeah, a chance for me to scream into a mic again because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I have kind of missed it. Now, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Um... Right, so obviously I, giving away my age a bit here, but I don't think anyone thought I was almost 50. I'm I'm from the generation that, I was definitely born after the original He-Man cartoon came out. Um, it was something more my dad watched, the original cartoon. Um, but I, you know, I, I watched the reboot in 2002. Maybe you can somewhat work out how old I was, but maybe not. But yeah, the reboot in 2002 is the sort of when I was introduced to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe as a concept and an idea. Um, and I really loved it, as, as always, as I always do. I fell in love with Skeletor because I love the villains. I just think he's fantastic, he's funny, he's evil, he's stupid, he's, he's brilliant. Skeletor's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I fell in love with the Masters of the Universe. I had the uh, Sword of Power toy from the 2001. I had a Skeletor toy, I had a He-Man toy, I had a Battle Cat toy. I probably had like Man-at-Arms and stuff as well. I really liked my He-Man as a kid. I thought he was so cool. That's the thing, He-Man I even really enjoyed, like, it's weird, it's very rarely I, I really enjoy a hero, but something about He-Man was just, I might have been more Skeletor drawing, but I really liked He-Man, I thought he was cool, you know, just big, strong, and it's really weird, in a weird way it's contradictory, because on a surface level, He-Man isn't too different from Superman, and obviously I despise Superman's characterization. but something about He-Man is just different to me, I, I can't really pinpoint it right now, I'll probably have to go back and watch the 2002 series to pinpoint why I like He-Man, because so far you can't watch Revelation to pinpoint why you like He-Man, because this is where we get into spoiler territory. Uh, so far, out of the five episodes, He-Man is in like one and one tenth, two tenths of the episodes. I'm not even making this up right now. He's he's barely in, in the show, and I get the show isn't titled He-Man and the Masters of the Universe anymore, but still, if you look at the marketing campaign, it was still very much aimed um, <laughs> He-Man was in all the trailers and on all the posters and then he dies in episode one 
So does Skeletor, by the way. That's the thing that really pisses me off. How did you kill a fucking Skeletor? Right. You cast Mark Hamill, the absolute legendary voice actor, the absolute legend from Star Wars, just overall awesome guy, Mark Hamill, to be Skeletor. And you're like, yeah, it's getting evil Skeletor's going to be voiced by Mark Hamill. And they kill him off. Like, it's, it's, it's a trend at the moment. And Mark Hamill's characters are pushed to the side and killed off so strong female characters can take the place. And... <laughs> right, I'm juggling too many things at once here. My love for He-Man. So, <laughs> back in 2002, sorry, I really just went on a rant but it really pisses me off. And you've got to listen till the end because I will not backtrack, but I think there's a chance for it to recover itself and I don't think the show is awful. But my problem with it comes from the lies that surrounded the show, but I'll get to that in a second. And, oh, and Taylor's characterization, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, right now, let's focus on my love of He-Man. So yeah, I, I loved it as a kid, and then my dad eventually showed me the 80s version where, you know, got the proper, like, yeah, He-Man, like, proper Skeletor. It's like, yes, fucking more Skeletor, more, more He-Man. It's, it's fucking great. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is just fantastic. For a show created by a toy line, it's definitely up there. I'll say, like, the top three with... Transformers, G.I. Joe and and um, He-Man, but I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, there's, My Little Pony is quite popular as well, to be fair, so what do I know? I'm just talking about the three that I like. Anyway, that's, so yeah, I'm a big He-Man fan, big, big, big He-Man fan. Yeah, I've seen the live action movie. It's not great, but I've seen it. Um, yeah, so Revelation, it's, it's sort of a story of lies, this Netflix series, in, in terms of the... <laughs> They promised He-Man, they promised Skeletor, they promised a spiritual successor to the next series. There were even a string of tweets that, you know, I, I don't have them to hand right now, I could probably find them, but that'll take time. Uh, like Kevin Smith denying anything, saying, no, it's definitely He-Man show, he's the main character, this, that and the other, he's not going to be replaced by a female, blah, blah, blah. and lo and behold, the first episode is say he gets killed off at the end and Teela becomes the main character. Now, I don't have a problem with this per se, um, well, I, I, I do, because it's lying in the marketing. Because all the trailers, posters and everything were pushing it to be a He-Man show. And all the tweets by Kevin Smith were denying anything to do with Teela taking over in it. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe maybe it is going to be a He-Man show. You know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get what we wanted and what we, we're being promised. And obviously we wasn't. My problems with this come from, one, why does it seem to be the trend in Hollywood and Western culture, pop culture right now, that to make a strong female character you have to replace a previously established male character. Now this obviously isn't the case in everything, like Star Wars is a bit different because Rey was pushed as a new main character for a new generation. She just fell flat because I just, the writing was bad for her. She was written as I'm strong for the sake of being strong. And that's where she fell flat. It's not the fact that she replaced anyone, because she didn't really. I know I made the joke a minute ago about Mark Hamill, but that's not, that's, that's a bit of a joke. She, she didn't replace anyone. She was the new generation's hero and that's fine. That's different, that's okay, but why are they, like, Doctor Who? She was, the Doctor was made a female for the sake of making it a female. And that's where I've got a problem. Teela was made the main character for the sake of having a female as a main character, and you've got to degrade and get rid of the male one in the process. And I just think, I was discussing this with Pharaoh, um, and we both think that it's a problem, because it's almost degrading to women that for them to be powerful, they've got to replace a man. No, they can, women can have their own story. And that's, I mean, I, I know I talk about Attack on Titan a lot, but I think Attack on Titan is the perfect 
example of how female characters can be written well, but be their own character, be unique, be strong, be vulnerable, be funny, be, you know, all of these things. And they aren't afraid to fall in love. I know I mock Mikasa, right? And I do it a lot for being B-Tech Levi. And, but she's not, she's nowhere near as bland as I make it out to be. I, I play it up, my dislike of Mikasa. She's knowing, she's, she's not my, she's definitely not in my top 10 favorite characters, but that's just personal preference. But she's not a bad character. And the fact that she's in love with Erin doesn't make her weaker, it makes her stronger. You shouldn't be afraid to let your female characters fall in love. That's not a vulnerability, that is a strength. And if it is a vulnerability, that is part of their character. You know, that falling in love with the right person is a strength. It's, it's a good plotline if it's done right. Falling in love with the wrong person, that is a, a flaw. That is something they can learn to overcome and see within themselves. Like if it's written correctly, love doesn't have to be a thing to make a woman, oh, she's all loved up now, she's not strong anymore. No, it's part, if you make it part of the characterization, it's fine. And this is, it's just a problem, I think, with writing female characters at the moment is they have to be strong for the sake of being strong. Teela's problem in this is when she goes to um, sort of the uh, Eternian version of Hell, and she goes there and she's confronted with her worst fear. Her worst fear is, is not the fact that, you know, she let He-Man down or she can't be a good hero or, you know, she can't protect the people she cares about. Her, her weakness is the fact that She's afraid that she's special. She's afraid that she was born to be important and powerful. She's scared of being the best. And on what level is that a relatable fear? That's, you know, I'd rather it was something basic, like, oh, I'm afraid of heights. It's not a relatable fear to be afraid of being the best. You know, and it's not even like having a great, like, it's, because no one in this world is born great. Okay, some people are born more privileged than others, but they're not necessarily born great. And even the people who are born more privileged, okay, so they might be able to relate to this storyline of, you know, having some sort of responsibility thrust upon them. But this isn't even her responsibility. This is just she's afraid of being strong. And I don't get that. I can't relate to that. And it's another case of a female character to make them a good character, they just have to be strong and better than everyone else. No, that's not how to write a good female character. Princess Leia is how to write a good female character. Ridley Scott is how to write a, um, or read Ripley. I always get them too mixed up. The one from Alien. I haven't watched Alien in too long and it's very late and I fucked up. Leave me alone. Right, I'm a failure. It's bound to happen. I'm, I'm allowed like 15 mistakes per minute an episode. It's fine, right? And you know, these are how to write strong female characters. Wonder Woman, a character that is flawed, can fall in love. Princess Leia falls in love, she's flawed, but she's brave, she's strong, she's confident, but she can be cocky, she can be sassy, right? She's strong, but she's also weak. She, you know, she, she falls, she can't do everything herself. Sometimes she needs help. That's not a bad character. We, Hollywood needs to realize that women don't want to be characterized as all strong all the time because then that's not relatable you know he-man's great and all but no one in reality can be like he-man like that physically strong you relate to him because of his personality and i think that's one thing revelation does get right is there's one bit where you see you go to like the uh 
the afterlife, the, the heaven side of it, and you see all the previous champions of Grayskull, and you see He-Man, but he's as Prince Adam, and it's revealed that he is the only champion in all of history to choose his lesser form as the, the body that he inhabited in the afterlife. And I thought that was very telling of Prince Adam and He-Man as a character, the fact that he never saw He-Man as in true self, that, that, that side of him didn't matter, what mattered to him was being himself, you know, he was confident in himself and his brains that he didn't need to be the big beefy version. That wasn't the better version of himself. And I think that's a brilliant lesson to teach kids. You know, you don't need all the muscles. You just need to be yourself. You don't need to be someone who you aren't. You should be comfortable being who you are. He isn't He-Man, he is Prince Adam. And I thought that was a brilliant message. But then Tila, they just seem to mess up and go for the classic, Ooh, I'm female. I'm stronger than everyone. Who? 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 I've got no flaws. And yeah, she was vulnerable when Orko died. I can't believe Orko fucking died as well. That's a fucking kill off all the characters, why don't you? Right? I just. I don't know. And I think it was a waste. And okay, so that's, you know, that's just Hollywood's, I think, issue with females right now. They need to realise how to write female characters as good. You don't need to force them to be strong to make them good characters. You can make them compelling whilst having weaknesses and flaws. You know, the best characters in fiction to me are the ones with flaws. I love Erin Yeager, but he's far from perfect. He's a very flawed character and frankly psychopathic at times, but I love him because he is that flawed. Batman, my favourite comic book character of all time. I don't love him because he's big and strong. I love him because he's flawed. He psychologically goes through trauma daily. And he takes it out by beating people up in the streets. He's a very flawed character, but that's what makes him compelling. He's not, if he was just, ooh, I'm Batman, I'm strong, I'm better than everyone else, it's, it's boring. But because he's not physically stronger than all of his opponents, he's not necessarily smarter than all of his opponents, you know, he, he really has to think outside the box to, to overcome some enemies. That's what makes him compelling. And Teela didn't have that. She was just strong for the sake of being strong. And I don't, I've got nothing against that, but you can't sacrifice her character and her morals and her, her bonds to do that. And I know they tried to do the whole, oh, her world's been turned upside down, this, that, and the other, but I just don't think it was compelling enough. It wasn't written well enough for me to justify why she's now just, just special. You know, I don't like the whole, they're special trope. Anakin Skywalker I thought was incredibly boring in the original films because he was just special and good at everything. It wasn't until the Clone Wars where they show a lot more of his faults and everything and his failures and the fact that, you know, he messes up time and time again that you realise that, oh, he's more relatable, he's more human. I don't like the whole chosen one trait and Teela seems to have that going for her now and that's what I don't like and it seems I always do that with female characters. The, the 13th Doctor you know, it's while she's the Doctor, you find out that they're the timeless child, not someone who became a hero by the choices they made, but they were born special as a being from out of, like, from a different universe that the Time Lords stole a generation from. They weren't, the Doctor didn't become special by helping people, they were born great. And that trope, I really hate it. I hate it so much. It ruins characterization and ruins female characters. And it's not just me saying that, and I hope it doesn't come across as sexist, because that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to fix and save female characters. I think that they really need to reevaluate how they write these characters and give them flaws and make them human again. A female character isn't compelling just because she's strong. That's just you trying to make her seem better than everyone else, and that's not compelling. I want to see her struggle. I want to see her earn what she gets. Like, 
any character should. And that's just me, but that's what I think is a big problem. But as I say, the other really big problem comes from the absolute lies that were told in the marketing for this show. And I will get to that very shortly, because right now we have a word from our sponsor, who I don't really know who it is, because the network hasn't really launched again. So I don't know what's quite going on with sponsors and stuff, um, and I don't want to obviously give anything away. So I'm going to say for now the sponsor is still Schmerp. He does brilliant commissions uh, for Sigil and stuff. You can find him on Twitter. I think it's just at Schmerp. And I, I imagine he's still on the King's Eyes Life page. I know something was going on with that page. But if he's still up, Schmerp does brilliant commissions for a great price and does really great graphic design. Um, any of the artwork for the shows on Sigil are all done by him. And he does an absolutely fantastic job. So please do make sure to check him out guys because he is very good at what he does now while we are still going i suppose i should plug myself um so you can follow me personally uh, at vader saiyan on twitter because some twat stole at saiyan vader back in 2013 hasn't used the account since then and i can't get the name so currently i'm just at vader saiyan but you know it is what it is that is who i am uh, so you can follow me on twitter that's the best way to keep up to date with anything i'm doing whether it's podcasts, uh, YouTube, Twitch, everything. You can also follow the shows uh, at You Have Failed SV and at, at Finally SV on Twitter. I currently um, have forgotten the login, excuse me, to the accounts. Uh, but I know King's Eyes has them and he's going to try and figure out what the logins are for me again so I can reaccess my, my show accounts. Um, but regardless, they will be active and they're the best way to keep up to date with the shows. Obviously that and once again, follow me because I'll post whenever something is going on with the show, whether an episode is going up or um, whether it won't be going up for whatever reason. It's the best way to keep up to date. Um, as I've said, there are other things. There is my Discord. I'm pretty sure it's called the Failures at the moment. I'm pretty sure I just changed it back to the Failures. I don't remember. Yeah, it's just the failures, because the failures and finalists felt far too long, and failures is just more appropriate to who I am. So please do join the, uh, the failures. We have discussions, like me and um, Pharaoh, we're discussing in the general today, sort of the topic of what we're talking about today, more the female side of it, because she's not a big Masters of the Universe fan, so the rest of it doesn't affect her. But she was, you know, we were discussing, like, the, the whole perception of women in Hollywood and how it's actually sometimes more offensive to women, and it, it doesn't help them, in her opinion, either. Um, that's the best way to talk to us. I've got ways you can suggest topics for the podcasts, um, for YouTube videos. I've got loads of different rooms to talk about certain fandoms. I can add more, I can take away some. Um, you've got obviously another way to keep up to date with the shows and stuff. You've got the gaming lounge, you're playing different games. At the moment I've got three games we play sort of in there, but more can be added. There are ways to talk with me. You can get you on the podcast live. You know, some days I might have like fans on the podcast. So there's loads of things to do in the Discord and probably more to come when I start arranging other things that I haven't told anyone about yet, but I am planning on hopefully doing at some point. So that is a good way to uh, keep up to date with things as well. Uh, there is also my Twitch account, which is uh, Say Invader Live. Uh, I've, I've started streaming a lot more recently, uh, mainly Mondays and Wednesdays. Recently I've been streaming through God of War PS4 and through Batman Arkham Asylum, just playing through the story modes uh, on Twitch. Uh, so it's a great place to hang out with me, watch me play games, and you know, have a bit of fun. It'd be really cool to get affiliate on Twitch, I'd really appreciate that. Um, I'm 24 followers away, and I need th um, I'm need. i close to the average viewers per stream as well. 
So uh, if you don't mind help, coming helping me on Twitch, hanging out with me as I play through games. I played Battlefront 2 last night as well. Um, so I'll probably start throwing some Battlefront 2 in there as well because that seemed quite successful. And I did enjoy playing that game again. So um, that and maybe some Apex Legends. But yeah, that's a great way to keep up with me streaming. I'll start maybe streaming. I say more often. I mod in a chat. And if, if that person is streaming as they're my friend, I, I said I'll always be there to help them. So Mondays and Wednesdays are the, the main ones. And then when I can, other than that, is probably the best way to say when I'll be streaming. Uh, so yeah, mainly Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, I do come hang out. And my YouTube is also just saying Vader. If you want to check out some of my videos I haven't uploaded in a while, but I have ideas for YouTube series to come back and uh, some more things to do, uh, providing I get a few things sorted out and lined up. So please do, once again, come hang out there. That's sort of my social media plug. I think that's everything. Not all of the sort of same Vader ones that aren't personal accounts. I'm not going to fucking just go and tell you my Snapchat and Facebook now, am I? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's that out of the way. Um, and yeah, obviously go remember to follow the Sigil Arts media twitter page as well for the update on friday um, that is something you do not want to miss and like i say i'm very excited about it um yeah please follow me on the social medias because it'd be great to meet all you lovely people who have got me to 4,000 listens i really do appreciate it and uh be great to interact with you and maybe it's like get you on the podcast one day there's some more guests i want to have on some guests i want to have back on um I've also got all. I'm going to say this now as well, hoping that King's Eyes listens to this. I want to do another one where we play Cards Against Humanity on a You Have Failed episode. Um, we can get some members of Sigil. I might be able to get some like friends from outside Sigil and just have another Cards Against Humanity stream. Um, we'll probably have to play, obviously, the game online, but we'll get in the Discord call and I'll record the audio um, for another car crash episode of You Have Failed. Um, I'm throwing that out to you now, King's Eyes. You can when you listen to this, get back to me on what you think about that and we can sort it out. Um, but yeah, definitely some members of Sigil and then I've got some people in mind from outside of Sigil who might want to take part if I ask them. So yeah, that, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, that's the plugging done. Now back to Master of the Universe. So it's, it's the lying that really gets me because I do think the show can salvage itself because by the end of episode five, spoilers, Skeletor and He-Man are back Skeletor stabs Prince Adam in the chest, takes the Sword of Power, does the whole, um, by the power of Skull, I have the power, and becomes sort of like a he, like the champion version of Skeletor. And, you know, it ends with him declaring himself now finally the master of the universe with this ultimate power. Um, and so obviously it ends there, and then part two of season one is going to be released at some point. And if it continues like this, it does look like there's going to be more He-Man and Skeletor action. It looks like they're back now. Even though Prince Adam's been stabbed, they won't kill him off again like that, I don't think. And especially as Kevin Smith has apparently confirmed that Episode 7 has one of the best fights between He-Man and Skeletor we have ever seen. So that'll be two episodes after this current mid-season finale. Now, that sounds really exciting. It makes me think, oh, the season, the show can salvage itself. It can bring itself back, you know, more Skeletor and He-Man. That's great except for these words and these confirmations have come from the mouth of a liar. Now, you know, I don't really have anything necessarily against Kevin Smith, uh, except that I do now. So my biggest problem is since all the complaints about the revelation have come out, he's called all the fans a bunch of crybabies, you know, wussies, over-emotional bastards, whatever. Um, but he is aware that he is the same man that after any new Marvel or Star Wars film comes out, he'll, he's the kind of man that posts a selfie of him crying after the film, right? And he's he's moaning at us for being emotional. Um, 
I, I don't remember the last time I posted a selfie of me crying after a film. Um, even if I really enjoyed it, right? And I mean, to be fair, I might have cried after Rise of Skywalker, but it wasn't tears of joy. Um, so, you know, there's that. And so he shouldn't be attacking the fans anyway. Um, I mean, I guess they're attacking him, but it, it still... He's got to realise that he lied. He constantly denied that He-Man will be replaced, that a female will be taking his place. He's like, no, no, this will never happen, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah. And then the biggest lie is when, when all the promotion for this were coming out, he was like, oh no, I'd love to go and watch He-Man, the Masters of the Universe, 81, 82. I'd remember coming home from school and watching it, even though the original Masters of the Universe came out in 1983, but whatever, mate, good job, right? But then other tweets and videos have surfaced of him claiming that he had no time for He-Man, he had no love for He-Man, so clearly he was lying about his love for the franchise anyway. That he, I mean, it doesn't matter, you don't have to be a fan to make a good adaptation. Um, but it's the fact that he was lying from the start that annoys me. Not the fact that he's not a fan, you know, there have been directors of things in the past that aren't necessarily big fans of the franchises, but made some of the best films. Can't think of the name of the director, can't think of the particular films, but I remember hearing that three of the best Star Trek films were directed by someone who had no particular love or interest in Star Trek. But if you're a good creator, you can make good things, and I still believe that. But it doesn't change the fact that the lies were there from the start of him pretending to be a massive Masters of the Universe fan, even though he clearly was not one of those and he clearly had no love for the show or the characters and this then bled through into his lies about oh you know are you going to do this in the show no no, no it's going to be a he-man show this is definitely a he-man show and then so far it hasn't and hopefully that changes hopefully in part two it does become more of a he-man show again tila can still be a prominent character and once again, I hope they change the characterization and give her more flaws and in-depth things. And that's what I'm saying, it can really redeem itself if, it, if in part two it changes the tone to be more of a He-Man show, to focus in with the marketing that they were pushing for, you know, so they don't lie. And if they just change a few things about Tila to make her less of a chosen one type character and more of a real character that is still very skilled but has earned that and has flaws and has weaknesses. That is what I'm hoping will happen. Um, but I could be wrong entirely and this is where it gets really controversial because yes okay so teal is oh, sorry i'm really sorry about my chair as i say my new one is coming tomorrow and hopefully it'll be far less creaky and far more comfortable for me um and this is where oh, i don't even like to admit this but most of the universe revelation doesn't even have a bad storyline it's not awful teela let's say she's not the worst character sorry excuse me again let's hiccup she's not the worst character ever written She's really not. She's not as bad as Ray, right? And definitely not as bad as the Thirteenth Doctor. But it's the bait and switch. That's what annoys me the most. And so when you take away the bait and switch, it's not a badly written show. The storyline's compelling. It, it's the bait and switch. I think most people are annoyed about not the plot, not the characters. I say even though Tila is, I say she's imperfect. She is perfect, which is what makes her not a perfect character. The show is written well enough, the voice acting is very good, the animation is top tier, I can't fault the animation at all, the sound design, the music, I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot, the soundtrack is on point. And the story, the story isn't awful, it's, it's good, it's well thought out, it's a good adaptation, you know, they're trying new things in the Masters of the Universe universe. You know, I found it compelling, I found it interesting, but my problem with it was the bait and switch. That's what really annoyed me about it. That's, that's what grinded my gears the most, was, was the, the lies and deception. Saying that, oh no, it's definitely a He-Man show, but, but He-Man dies in episode one. And I'm just hoping that part two comes back and goes, you know what? Yep, 
here's your He-Man show. You've got He-Man, Skeletor, and I want to believe it. And I say Kevin Smith has apparently said all these things that are going to have some great fights in the next part between He-Man and Skeletor. But can we believe him this time? That's the problem. How many times could a boy cry wolf before you just think, well, he's just definitely lying? And by that point, how many people are going to watch part two? I, honestly, I think I will, because I just have hope that there will be this awesome fight scene when part two comes out. If season one, part two, because I imagine they'll do a second season as well. But at the same time, I'm having trouble believing the words of a man that has repeatedly lied about this project, about his love for the, the property, which he didn't need to do. He could just said, I'm not the biggest fan, but I can do this. And then, you know, the actual plot and what happens in the property itself. I know he's not going to flat out spoil the plot, but he, he famously denied it as well. And okay, yeah, he's not, I don't know. And the marketing has been lying. It's just one thing would, wouldn't be a problem, you know, like him denying that He-Man gets replaced. That, that wouldn't be a problem because you're not going to reveal your entire plot. But that wouldn't be a problem, because then if you go into all the marketing, it's all based around He-Man, so they clearly were trying to lie to us and appeal to nostalgia, that then backfired majorly when no one, um, <laughs> no one, where everyone was like, well, where's He-Man, why is he dead? <clears throat> and that's the problem, and that's what I hope they can change and overcome, but who, who really knows, you know? Um, no one does. and. I have hope for it, but I don't know, and that's sort of where I'm going to leave it, um, because I can't, I can't fully judge it until the whole thing's come out. At the moment, it's teetering on a fail, um, but if they pull it back, I can see it being uh, you have not failed. Um, if if it does enough in the second part, and they haven't been lying to us the whole time. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. And once again, thank you so, so, so much for 4,000 lifetime listens. I really do appreciate that. And you're the reason you're getting this uh, episode before the official relaunch. Um, so thank you again. And um, yeah, come follow me on Twitch. Follow me. That's the best way to, you know, keep keep in touch with my content and what I'm doing is Twitch, Twitter and Discord. Um, it's the best way to keep in touch with me and everything while you're waiting for the podcast because um, I do still talk about stuff like this on the podcast in fact when on the um, especially on Twitch when I'm doing obviously Twitter I tweet about stuff like this Discord I discuss it but on Twitch when I'm playing through Batman stuff or God of War stuff I'll talk about the lore as I'm going along like God of War I'll talk about God of War lore but actual Norse mythology as well the Batman Arkham games I'll be talking about the inspiration for the games the voice actors this that and the other so it's a great way to it's sort of like me podcasting while I play games essentially and obviously interacting with members of chat so please do go follow me once again that same way the live on Twitch. It's uh, the failures on Discord, but the link to that is the pinned tweet on my main personal Twitter page. And obviously my Twitter page is uh, at Vader Saiyan. So please do go follow and join all of those. Greatly appreciate it. And it'd be great to talk to you on these social media platforms and really get to know my audience. Because uh, I really do appreciate everything you've done for me and everything you've done for the show. And I really do hope you enjoy what happens going forward. Once again, I can't say what it is right now. I hope you really look forward to everything that's that's coming and uh, as much as I am and um, yeah it's going to be great guys so thank you so much again for your support and um, thank you for all the support you're hopefully still going to show me in the future as uh, Sejul and uh, my brand as you know King of Failures grows across multiple platforms by that I mean you know Twitch, YouTube I'm talking about me personally and stuff and um, yeah thank you so much again guys and uh well, I'll speak to you later.